Welcome to Travel Stories by Witty Travels. Hello to everyone listening on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. We are your hosts. I'm Will. And I'm Kati. In today's episode, we're going to share our stories and behind the YouTube scenes of our trip to Valladolid, Mexico. Yeah, so this is part two of our trip, like you just said, and part one was actually last week, and we were in Playa del Carmen, and so um, we talked about all those details last week, and this week we're going to jump in and talk about our second part, which honestly I think was our, my it was my favorite part of our trip to Mexico, um, so I'm ready to jump in. Yeah, so where do we start off uh, today's episode at? Yeah, so we are picking up where we left off the last trip on our way to the bus station. And so we took a, a bus, um, we took a taxi from the hotel we were staying at to the bus station. So we got there a few hours earlier so we can get our ticket to head over to the um, city of Valladolid, which is inland um, about, I think it was about like a two hour trip? Yeah. Maybe an hour and a half bus trip. Um, and we got there early enough to make sure we had seats on the bus, so we were kind of hanging out for a little bit. I think we waited for about two hours to get onto the bus, so while we were waiting, just working on some some, some podcast stuff, some video stuff, and um, in, the, in that moment, I had to, you know, during that time, I had to go to the bathroom, and so I went to the bathroom at the bus station, and little did I know we had to actually pay for the restrooms. Um, which I think I've heard that, you know, and you've had to pay to go to restrooms, but I've never had to experience that. And so we didn't have coins. Um, so I had to like go to the little food spot um, that they had right there at the bus station. They didn't have change. And then I realized, oh, there was like an actual bank right there attached to the bus station. And so just went into the bank, asked for some change. And it was about, I think just maybe 50 cents, like 50 US cents to go to the bathroom. Um, but I almost was like, oh, I'll just wait till we get on the bus because I know the bus from the airport to here had a bathroom and I'll just wait to use that bathroom. Um, I'm really glad I did it because the bus that took us from Playa del Carmen to the uh, bus stop in Valladolid was definitely not the same bus that brought us to Playa del Carmen. So do you want to tell them about that? Yeah, so a lot of time... So I get, there's a couple different kinds of buses, right? There's a large bus, which is the one that we took uh, from the airport once we got that all situated. And then there's like the smaller buses. So mm -hmm. what, well, it's not a bus, but it's called, um, what is it actually called? I think it's called like a transit or like a express kind of thing. Yeah. But it's not a bus. It is a van. So <laughs> uh, yeah, good thing. Not only was it not a bus with a bathroom, it wasn't a bus. It was a 16 person van. It was yeah. very full. Um, there's really no place to put our bags, so those... And it was pitch black, too. Like, all the, uh, like, the curtains that, you know, you would put over the windows, I guess, that most of the buses have, were all, like, closed up. And so we are getting onto the bus. I think we were the first couple people onto that 16-passenger bus, or van, I should say. And we're, like, trying to figure out where we're going. We were supposed to sit in our assigned seats this time and I'm trying to find the assigned seats. I got like my phone with the flashlight on and finally found it. Uh, well, I guess it wasn't too much to look for since there was only 16 seats, but we found our seats, we sat down and then we realized, okay, there's there was no spot to put our bags under the van like, like the big bus had or even the spots over top of our heads like was super small. Like you could probably just fit like a hat or a sweater, like no backpacks were gonna fit there. So we sat down, 
like bags on our laps, um, trying to figure this out. People are trying to climb over, you know, it, it was small. It was very small and dark and nobody could figure out what was going on. Finally, we got situated. I think you had to put your bag like in the aisle way. Um, and yeah, it was not my favorite ride at all because I definitely, I think with it being a smaller vehicle, you could feel a lot more of the motion. And so I got motion sickness and, um, and yeah, and the driver was crazy. He was like insanely fast. And was that, was that the time when it was raining? So we also were like, oh my goodness, is he going to crash into anything? So that was just a hot mess. Yeah, it was not it was not an enjoyable experience at all, and uh, for a two hour trip, that is not what you want to go through. Um, but yeah, he he got us there, um, I guess safely technically, but yeah. it was touch and go there for a while. Mm -hmm. um, so we finally get to Valladolid, and you know I had a trick that I talked about you know last week where it's like a look for a landmark, look for the streets you're passing, and I think I was doing some filming, so I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, anyways, we thought we were going the wrong, the correct way, but we wind up going the wrong way. But it all, it actually worked out because we we're able to find a uh, laundry place where they do like wash and fold, and we wouldn't have probably naturally found that if we didn't get uh, lost the first time out. Yeah, and the streets in that city were numbered, so it was good to like know. Okay, we knew we had to turn I think on like Forty Second Street or something, and then we realized, oh, we're going up in street numbers, so we need to turn around and go the other way. So yeah, we walked a little extra, but we got to see a separate part of the town. That's also where we found a different transportation method that we, you know, we'll talk about in a little bit um, to get us to some of the other areas we visited. Um, so yeah, I mean, sometimes it's good to get lost. <laughs> yeah, so we were able to find the, I mean, we didn't do it until day two, but we're on, we're on the topic. So yeah, it was pretty good, like, I think for like $4, all of our clothes, you know, from the previous week that we weren't able to wash because we didn't have a washing machine, wash, dry, fold, and uh, it took like most of the day for them to get it back to us, and they originally wanted to have our backpacks to hold on to so that there would be something to put it in. It's like, but I see all these plastic clear bags, so just put in one of that, I'm not going to leave you, like, my bag with everything in it, but um yeah, I think like $4 for all of our laundry and mm -hmm. um, very cheap. But yeah, we had to leave it the whole day, but it wasn't a big deal for us. Yeah. And we went uh, to pick it up and no problems. They just kind of waited to see how much it would be and pretty cheap, pretty good option. Yeah, for sure. So laundry um, is something, you know, that we'll have to figure out. Hopefully, you know, most of the places we'll stay in will be like Airbnbs or something. And so hopefully there will be a washer and dryer in those units. But I think, you know, finding a local laundry Matt, you know, will be super easy in most places, and and then they do it for you, like fold it and you know all all that, which was really nice. So yeah, I mean, why put yourself through any more hassle if you don't have to? So that's yeah. that's a good option. Um, so yeah, we found that while we were going the wrong way. Um, so that's how we you know wash and dry our clothes. But um, another big part of sanitation is kind of everything on us, right? With everything going on in the world. You have to make sure that you're not spreading any germs or any sort of viruses or diseases, right? So um, everywhere in Mexico, we were pretty uh, happy about all the rules. Um, yeah. You had to sanitize your hands going in, but it wasn't just like it's there if you want it, which mm -hmm. is what we see a lot of the times. It was like, no, you we're going to put the hand sanitizer on your hands. Surprise, yeah. didn't grab your hands and rub them together yeah. just to make sure you did everything good. And then they also sanitize, like, at the bottom of your shoes in case you were tracking in any sort of, like, dirt or mm -hmm. grime or anything like that. So there'd be two different things. So you'd step into, like, this 
black mat that's filled with like disinfectant and mm -hmm. clean off your uh, feet or the bottom of your shoes. And then you'd obviously wipe it your feet off so that you don't track it in. Uh, but one thing that we did see as we checked in our hotel here was they also completely sanitize your bag. So yeah. they'd have a, like a complete spray to yeah. kind of spray everything down. Yeah, so the, the bellboy, the bellhop guy would, you know, put all our bags on a cart and then he would take this sanitizer spray and spray it, you know, spray down our bags, spray down everything, which was awesome. Like I felt good about that. Um, and then, oh, also everywhere we went, they took our temperature too before entering. Yeah, so you couldn't get in any restaurant, yeah. shop or anything with a high temperature. I don't know what the threshold was, but they definitely were taking your temperature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was in Celsius too. So it was really hard to know. I'm like, wait, I'm used to Fahrenheit. Like what, what's the temperature? But, um, there was one time on our trip in Violid that we were walking already a little bit so we were outside in the heat and we were walking into a place and my temperature was a little bit hot so she's like okay wait a second in the shade and then she rechecked my temperature and I was fine um but yeah no that was I felt really safe you know knowing that okay we're we're sanitized and we're not um with a we don't have a fever <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then like not only just that, but we saw like one. It was like you're walking in, and it's almost like you're going through basically like a human car wash. Like it was like rain sanitizer or disinfectant yeah. from the roof as you were going in. Yeah. Only saw that once. Didn't personally go through that, but yeah, they're trying to make sure you're not bringing any uh, junk into their establishment. So it's pretty good. Yeah, and I think also um, we didn't talk about this, but with all these you know businesses, they want to make sure they're doing the right protocol like they want to make sure that they none, none of their people are getting sick so that way they can continue doing business because this is you know a lot of people's lifelines here like that's the way they bring income in for their families so um yeah so that's awesome yeah sure. so doing business uh the right way we didn't see anyone like not be allowed to get in because of a temperature so hopefully kind of you if you know you're going to get a temperature check and you're going to have to sanitize your hands and all that kind of stuff and you're going to have to wear a mask i think you react differently, you just don't go out. But um, if it's like, oh, some places they'll do it, some places they won't, then people try to get away with it and, and stuff like that. So a culture of let's make sure uh, we're sanitizing our hands, let's make sure we have a mask on, let's make sure uh, we're gonna have a temperature check, you know you're gonna have a temperature check. Uh, I think that made us feel a lot safer. Yeah, and then also, I know we're talking about this a lot, but this is also the era that we're living in right now. And so, you know, hopefully we can let you guys know that people are doing what they need to do. And so when we checked in at the hotel, this hotel, I think, went even above and beyond than um, at least showing you what they're doing. So like when we got into our hotel room, they had our um, sheets and our pillows and the towels, everything that we were gonna use in these compression bags to show you, okay, like these are clean and they're brand new and we're giving them to you and they're sanitized. And so that was really cool. And then even the like the remotes for the TV or the remotes for the air condition um, were in these uh, little bags that you know, they were sanitizer, you know, you could use them, um, like without it being, they haven't been used before. So, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely felt very safe, um, in these spaces. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that where, um, you know, obviously, well, hopefully they clean all your stuff in between stays, but, um, it was really interesting. Yeah. It's like basically like how you would store food, right. And each and every day they give you a fresh new set. It wouldn't be like, all right, you only use one towel. We're just going to give you one towel uh, kind of loose. So like, nope, yeah. we're going to give you a whole another pack of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was great because we know that the towels are sanitized. Mm -hmm. I, I 
ideally bleach in between it. Yeah. The, the sheets are, are, are situated. And yeah, the, the remote and everything that you're going to touch uh, is clean. So as far as uh, cleanliness and hygiene, we felt really good about uh, the measures that they had at the hotel and in our room itself. That was a little bit about the hotel. Um, now let's get on to our adventures that we had and why this was our favorite part of our trip. Um, we definitely wanted to check out some of the cenotes around um, Mexico and a lot of them are inland and so there's quite a few in that area. And by quite a few, I mean like definitely like at least 20, but we probably, we only visit, we only ended up visiting three. Um, but we did some research on which ones we wanted to visit, and there was one right within the town of Valladolid, like walking distance. I think it was like half a mile, and so we definitely went to check that one out first. And out of the ones that we visited, that one was um, our favorite because it was uh, a lot more adventurous. So you have different kinds of cenotes, um, and actually, wait, so cenote is... Um, so it's like basically a sinkhole, right? The like limestone sinks into the ground and it exposes all of the, the natural water, groundwater that you have there. So uh, a lot of times it's like you know, kind of going into a cave, but a really deep cave where you have like fresh water to swim in and there might be some natural light coming in, but it's kind of just like a man-made uh, water adventure, if you will. So natural fresh water to swim in. Yeah, and um, so there's, like I was saying, there's a few different kinds. You have some that are a little bit more adventurous and have cliffs that you can kind of jump into, and then you have some that are just swimming or diving. Um, and so this one that was in this city was called um, uh, Zaki. So we pronounce it in the, in the video Zaki, but I think it's actually Zaki. Zaki. Yeah. Zaki. Yeah. So um, it, it, it was fun. It, had, it was more open than the other two that we visited later on. And uh, a lot of sunlight in there. And it had a kind of a cliff in the inside. And so we were able to jump in. It had this amazing waterfall, which we thought was natural. <laughs> but little did we find out, it was kind of like just the people right there. Like PVC pipes that were pushing water into that space to make the waterfall happen. I'm sure at some point it was natural and maybe during some parts of the year it actually is more natural fresh water um or i think it is fresh water yeah i think it is it. the water but you know you're looking at a waterfall usually it's like coming down a mountain or coming out of a, a river i think that they're actually just maybe sucking up some of the groundwater natural water that's there and then just kind of giving it the waterfall effect so you can get a little behind the scenes and kind of spoils uh it for you a little bit as far as the waterfall but uh, it's still cool while you're in there, and it's got to be fresh water. I don't think they're just putting any kind of water in Right, it. right, because they're very particular about, like, preserving these. Like, you cannot wear sunscreen. You can't wear bug spray when you're visiting the cenotes. You can't um, bring in stuff because um, they want to preserve these areas. you got to wear a life vest so you can't, you know, <laughs> swim in, and die in there, right? So yeah. they're trying to make sure you're safe. Yeah, you're not polluting it with sunscreen. So, yeah, I don't think that they allow any kind of water just mm -hmm. to, to go in there. Yeah. And so, um, like I said, this one was a little bit more adventurous, but it was during the week, so it wasn't super crowded, and there were a few other people that were, you know, visiting tourists, um, and so there was kind of like a line to kind of jump in to the cenote, um, and the reason there was a line is because there's this one girl who just was holding up the line, like she was super afraid, and like her friends were all like, go, 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 but... Um, I mean, it was still fun to kind of see people. I mean, she, she had already dove in. Yeah. Like she, she had did. nothing to be scared <laughs> yeah. of. She acted like she's like never done this before in her life and she didn't know how it was going to go. 
But, I mean, she already did it. Like, And then she's, like, panicking. Like, this is the first time in her whole life she's done it. Yeah. I mean, it was still cool to, to I guess, see people, like, oh, face their fears. I mean, did she end up jumping in? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know if she jumped in again. I think she was just debating it the entire time. Yeah, yeah. You know? But, um, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of, like, one of those things that makes you nervous. If you're, like, waiting and you're, like, someone's, like, oh, I don't know if I could do it. And it's, yeah. like, we weren't really, uh, you know, afraid to do it. Um, you know, at the beginning, but, like, you see someone who's, like, so afraid. Uh, it psyched you out, yeah, because, like, I mean, I've jumped off cliffs before, but it's been quite a few years, so um, I was like, yeah, no big deal, like, I'm pumped to do this, but then, like, you see this girl getting all freaked out, and then it kind of got me nervous, so. And we say girl, not, like, a small child, like, a grown-up woman. <laughs> right, I guess I say girl because I think, yeah, anyways, so, <laughs> um, but, like, okay, when it was my turn to jump in, I'm like, all right, let's just count one two three and go like we're not doing this whole waiting around thing so jumped in I think I was more afraid that the water was going to be cold um and it ends up not being cold it was really refreshing it was it was a lot of fun yeah. so I definitely have to practice on my jumping because in the video it looks like I'm jumping in face forward and uh I think the guy that was behind us was like whoa did she just like face plant into the water um no I didn't and I didn't hurt myself but um but yeah I gotta practice on my jumping yeah, so that, that was pretty funny. Well, at least you get to see it. Like, it's not, like, something made up or something I just say. It's on video now, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we can see the progression through the episodes of that. Um, another cool thing is just, like, all these fun, like, toys that we have to work with. So uh, in New Orleans, the first time I really was able to use uh, our drone, and in this episode uh, was the first time I was able to use the GoPro. So I have no idea what I'm doing. So bear with us on the drone shots and the GoPro. Eventually we'll get there. But uh, first time I was able to use it, uh, figured out the basics of it, at least by the time we were through our cenote. So that was at least cool. Yeah, so that was a fun um, cenote right in town. And then after, you know, we just kept kept doing our thing. Um, that I think that was the second day we did that cenote, and we're like, okay, let's save the other ones for a different day because they were the other two that we wanted to visit were in a different part of the town, and we had to take a you know, a, a bus or it was like 10 minutes, you know, by car. So we're like, let's do those on a different day. Yeah. So we did that and basically laundry and those were, uh, most of the highlights for, for the day too. Yeah. And then, um, on that day we were trying to figure out how and what we were like, how we were going to go to our next part of our trip, um, which was to go see the Mayan ruins to see Chichen Itza, which is one of the seven wonders of the world. And so, um, we knew that the ADO bus would take us there. And so we knew we had that as a safety, but when we accidentally went the wrong way, we saw these little colectivo vans, um, that I knew was going to be a little bit cheaper. So we attempted to take, um, we got to that colectivo like spot, um, a little bit early to see if we can get those bus tickets or van tickets. And that ended up they weren't there. Um, I don't so they're open like 24 hours, and then we were there like after the even like the lobby times or whatever, it still wasn't open. Yeah, they weren't open. Um, so we were like, okay, let's not keep waiting around. Let's go get our bus tickets from the ADO bus station. And so we took one of those buses, and that was actually one of the big buses um, that took us over to the um, Chichen Itza. Yeah, so we know that there's the ADO uh, big bus, there's ADO like van, there's the colectivos, which are the vans as well. But that's not with ADO, that's something separate. Yeah, yeah. completely different. I mean, it's close to it, but it's like a rival, right? Um, and then there's also uh, Oriente, which is another big bus that we used a couple of times, and this is the first time that we used that one. 
Yeah, and so I think those are all part of the ADO, like maybe transits, because um, you take that bus at the uh, at the. At yeah, the they're bus all at the proper bus yeah. station, and then the Colectivo is kind of its own renegade kind of thing. Yeah, and so you have to pay to pay attention to your bus tickets because it tells you like what bus line. So whether it's the ADO transit, the ADO like big bus, or the um, the Oriente. So. Yeah, definitely pay attention to, to your bus ticket. Yeah, so that was nice because for the two-hour journey, we were on a tiny little bus, as Katsi described earlier. Yeah. And then I think, what was this, a 30-minute? It was like a 45-minute drive, yeah. 30, we were on a yeah. big, proper bus, so that was much better. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we went to Chichen Itza, one of the seven wonders of the world since, I think, 2007 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, an amazing bucket list thing. So, I've never been to... Uh, you know, any of these Mayan ruins, we've never been to any of these Mayan ruins, so starting off with one of the seven wonders of the world is probably uh, the top-notch way to go. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, Chichen Itza was like a major Mayan city. Um, it was like a sophisticated urban center and obviously has uh, this El Castillo. Uh, I think it's called, the actual name is like Kukul Can or something like that. I can't pronounce any of these things. Good job. Kukul Can. <laughs> uh, is the, I'll call it El Castillo. It's like the main thing that is uh, the pyramid, right? So you imagine like the Egyptian pyramids. We haven't actually seen those, but it looks like it comes to like a point. This is more like a four-sided square base uh, pyramid where you have like these cool serpents coming down. Uh, fun fact, there's actually 365 steps, one for each day of the year. Um, so it's, it's like super impressive. Wait, what happens on a leap year? I don't know how to go. I guess you leap a couple of steps. Yeah, I don't know. You gotta jump over some. Uh, but yeah, I kind of disrespected a little bit some of these pyramids. I'm like, all right, well, that's cool or whatever. But, like, to see it finally in person yeah. uh, is absolutely incredible. Yeah, and so this is definitely a touristy area. And um, we did some research, and it definitely suggested to get there, like, first thing in the morning before the tours come. So we did that. We took, like, the 7.30 a.m. bus. We got there by 8 o'clock. Um, it was very... It was a beautiful day. It wasn't hot. It was like the morning sun was coming out, not crowded at all. We even saw some uh, people doing yoga right outside the, um, the Chichen Itza, and it was very, you know, tranquil. And so there were, um, by the time we left around, I think, 1130, it was definitely getting more busy. So we suggest anytime you go to a touristy place, or especially with these Mayan ruins, get there early in the morning before the tours come. Um, but it was definitely, we had the whole property to ourselves for a while. And they say it takes about maybe like two hours, two and a half hours to go through all the nooks and crannies of that space. And um, you can definitely spend that. I mean, I think we were there like two and a half hours. Yeah, and I think people are like, hey, I want to make sure it's safe and I want to make sure I get a tour so I see everything that's going on which is fine, but there's just a lot of easy ways, right? Like a bus or like a van or even a taxi to get there, right? The idea is to get there early and trust them. There's plenty of tour guides. Like from the time you kind of get out of your car or your van or your bus, there's going to be people who are going to give you a paid tour. And then mm -hmm. uh, a second group of people, like that's mm -hmm. not even going to be an issue, but you want to at least be able to see everything without mm -hmm. huge crowds. Um, so figure out your own way to get there and then you can get the tour situated once you get there. Yeah, and so for us, we didn't want to pay for a tour. Like, we just wanted to be able to kind of do it at our own leisure. Um, and you also kind of overhear the tour guides talking about stuff. So we were able to hear some other stuff kind of in the background. And, you know, we did our own research. Um, but there are also a lot of merchants, which I knew there'd be some, but I wasn't expecting that many. 
because again, this is like um, like a historic spot, and it's also yeah. I mean, it's a, it's like a sacred pyramid uh, that's very important to the Mayan culture, and uh, it just seems yeah to have all those vendors like a lot of people were selling like as you're walking in like before you even get to the first you know major pyramid, you see all these vendors, and then walking around, there's tons of vendors. It's basically like a huge mall that just happens to have ruins. Yeah, so I it, it it did feel a little weird. Like it felt like it was disrespectful. Um, but I mean, hey, I guess that's I guess they're okay with that. Um, and there <laughs> there were a bunch of merchants that were making these jaguar sounds. Yeah, just like that. And we kept debating back and forth whether it was like them making that sound or. We found out that they also had this little uh, device that made that sound. Right as in well. the episode, Kaji's like, "No, they're definitely using it with with their mouth." I'm like, "I don't think so. That's got to hurt your throat after a while." Like I was able to do it a couple of times, but like all day long for yeah. every all the tourists. But yeah, it's like this jag wire uh, head thing. It's like a size of like maybe like a small little piggy bank, and then I guess they can blow into it. It's I think it's called like a jaguar whistle. But yeah, mm -hmm. they do a good job, and they're really funny with trying to like sell the. Uh, jaguar whistles to everybody yeah one merchant was like oh get this to scare your mother-in-law and so we thought that was pretty funny yeah they did um, a good job with yeah. it yeah it is cool it is cool though with that the jaguar part you're walking around and everything is uh jaguar is a, a really important part of like the culture and the history so uh and obviously you see it on the pyramids and all the rest of the ruins so hearing that sound in the background it, it that that helps add to it yeah. not necessarily so many of the shops but yeah, I mean, the Jaguar thing is important, and you'll see um, that there will be, um, you know, the Jaguar Warriors and, like, the Eagle Warriors. I guess, like, the official name are, like, the Eagle Knights and the Jaguar Knights. Mm -hmm. So, like, the Eagle Knights were, like, archers, right? They could kind of shoot down their enemy from afar. I imagine with bow and arrow, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the Jaguar Knights where, you know, they have, like, the full getup, like, the Jaguar heads and the Jaguar... Uh, I guess skin around them and they would like fight like hand to hand or like with like weapons with like knives on them uh, So those are like the strong warriors that you see those in like paintings like all over the place mm -hmm. uh, So it was cool to also see like everything kind of tie in there together Yeah, and then again, there's like you had the main um, The main pyramid like in the middle, but then this was like a community almost and so there's different elements to uh, to what we saw yeah, there's also like this, yeah, you know, like the platform of the eagles, which I kind of walked around uh, a lot of times because the camera wound up running out of, uh, I guess, space. So I was like, I walked around it probably like seven or eight different times. <laughs> but so I got a really good view of like all the images that are on uh, that platform. Uh, another big thing is like their ball court, which is like the, I guess the largest known court in the Americas, and like they have teams like play against each other where they try to get like a twelve pound like rubber ball through like these stone hoops. So I think it's like original kind of a combination like lacrosse and basketball kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but very high stakes because the losers were put to death. So yeah. you wanted to be really good at that game if you were forced to play. Uh, and then obviously all the cool like Jaguar whistles were, were a big part of, of what we saw. Yeah, so we definitely saw a lot. Um, they had like a observatory part. They, I mean, it was it was definitely like a city. So there was a lot of elements to that to that space. And I think we touched all of those. Not physically touched them, but like we went and and no, saw. You yeah, no, you can't. Um, so yeah, we went and saw all the different elements of that of that Mayan city. Yeah, so we highly highly recommend if you're in Mexico. Uh, to check out Chichen Itza, it uh, will blow your mind, and you'll have a good time, and you'll get a couple hours of fun, knowledge, and entertainment out of it. 
So obviously, Chichen Itza is not a part of Valladolid, right? 45 minutes there. It's a great day trip. You come back. But Valladolid is awesome, and it was our favorite city that we visited in Mexico. And we did a really good job of picking where we wanted to be because we were definitely in the center of town. So um, one of the cool things really reminded us of Jackson Square, Jackson Square, where you know they had a whole fence kind of around it with they had Fleur de Lises. They had uh, merchants on the inside and the outside. Uh, when we went to Jackson Square, it was actually in New Orleans. In New Orleans, um, so um, we did. We went there a couple weeks ago, a couple episodes ago, and um, I don't remember because it was closed off. I don't remember if they have like uh, where you sell food. I know there's a lot of restaurants around mm-hmm. it, but uh, I guess that would be the main difference besides in a different country uh, that they have food merchants inside of it as well. Um, but they also have like merchants selling their own goods on the outside of it. And it really has like the same kind of vibe. Uh, also at Jackson Square in New Orleans, there is um, a, kind of a church that is kind of the focal point if you're uh, anywhere around the square. Um, so the same thing's kind of here where they have a cathedral. So this one, um, is the park itself is called uh, Francisco Canton Park. And um, it is looking at the Iglesia de San Servacio. Uh, which is their uh, cathedral that they have there. So that's a beautiful church. has two bell towers, uh, which we got to hear the bells ringing. One of the nights was really cool. And uh, actually, it's not the original building there because the first one they had to tear down because I guess it was um, too much like desecration. I don't know if that means that there was uh, like graffiti or what on it, but that original one went down in 1705, and then the next year they started building uh, this one. Uh, and the park is really cool. Because uh, one of the, the central focal points, I don't think it was going during the day, but it was going at night in the water. Yeah, the fountain. the fountain, yeah. Yeah, so this fountain is called La Mestiza, or Mixed Race Woman. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's just, I think it's just a lovely, uh, non-controversial uh, woman pouring out some water into a river. But no, uh, it's uh, the Mixed Race Woman statue, uh, which is the result of Mayan and Spanish cultures. Yeah, so that makes sense. Um, that's why it's mixed races. So there you go. Yeah, so that's a fun fact about the place. But it's absolutely awesome. Like I said, there's food. Uh, there's people selling their own stuff. You get to look out at uh, the beautiful uh, church there. Um, so we really say, hey, you know, got to go to Chichen Itza. And also, if you are able to stay in Biodelete, make sure you check out this park. There's tons of stuff to do. Um, most of it is, uh, you know, kind of free to just see the sights and the sounds, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think I think also one of the reasons why I felt like this was our favorite part, obviously, you know, we got to see Chichen Itza, we did some more cenotes, but I think we just felt most uh, involved in the culture, that's not the right word, most enveloped in the culture, um, and we really got to experience, you know, the people of Mexico, because you know, Fly the Carmen is pretty touristy, and then the last leg of our trip to Tulum was pretty touristy, and so it was cool to just really see the people um, and just, uh, yeah, be within the culture of, of Mexico. Yeah, because you still feel like you're in America or any very touristy place if you're in Playa del Carmen or Tulum, but here you actually feel like you're in Mexico. Um, yeah, you get to see the actual things that the people eat, not just what mm-hmm. they're serving Americans, Yeah, uh, the actual music. You have to speak Spanish, or it's going to be a little bit more difficult for you. Yeah. So this was the more authentic experience. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, so I did say we, we did go see some more cenotes. So that was, I think, the day after we went to um, the Mayan ruins. Um, so there were two more cenotes that we, they were right next to each other. And they were called Eshkeken and Samula. And so they were kind of across the street from each other. And right in that area, there were probably like 10 more within 10 minutes of each other. But we just decided to go check out two more. Um, and so at this point, it was in the afternoon that we were heading over. So we're like, okay, let's go see if those uh, colectivo vans are available. So we went to that same location and we ended up jumping on one of those colectivo vans. And um, really, it just, it's, Kind of like a, a little taxi but more of a van so it was a maybe like a 12 passenger van um instead of like a 16 passenger van um but that was about a 10 minute drive and if we would have been up for it like we could have rented bikes because it was only like a mile okay maybe not a mile away or it was like a i don't know but it, it, it could have been a 20 minute bike ride um so we decided we're not gonna do that we, so we got the colectivo van and we went over to um to those cenotes and so these two were together. You had to pay like one entry fee for both of them. Um, and you also had to pay for life vests, which when we were doing research, we didn't know that. It just, you know, the research that we saw like said, okay, you know, bring cash for the entry fees. But we ended up having to pay for life vests twice. Well, we thought we were. So if you want to go into both cenotes, you, when you go to the first one, you pay for your life vest there, which was only a dollar, but you pay for that there. And then when you leave that cenote and you go across the street to the other one, um, you have to pay for a second vest. So you couldn't like bring your life vest from one cenote to the other. Yeah, I mean, it's basically the description of this is how they nickel and dime you, right? Yeah, so yeah. you get your entrance fee, cool. Uh, you know, you get in there, you're having a good time. They want to take your picture in front of a green screen and put some parrots on your shoulder, which is an option, but we decided not to do that. Um, we don't really want too many wild animals on us. Uh, then, yes, you go, and basically it's like a mandatory tour, right? Yeah. They just gave us a tour guide, which is great. We try to record it and get some, you know, history and some facts about it. But uh, so he walked us in there. So, you know, you're not going to get like a tour like that without tipping the guy. And then, yeah, you have to have a life vest for each time. So you, you get the life vest, and then you go into the first cenote, uh, if you want to swim, of course, yeah. uh, which we definitely wanted to. Um, and then, yes, when you're done with that, then they st like, there's kind of blocking your path. So you got to return that life vest in order to buy, like, return it at that point, and then you have to get a secondary mm -hmm. life vest for the second one. So, yeah, uh, besides the entry fee, and if you want to get a picture with the parents or in front of the green screen, yeah, then a life vest at one, pay for a separate life vest via the other one, and yeah, I don't know if I said it, but tip the tour guide as well. Yeah, um, and so the first cenote that we went to was um, Eshkikin, I think it yeah. I forgot the order that we went to. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was Samula first, but... I, I, think, I think you're right. I think it was Samula first, and that one was really cool because we got there at the right time of day because... Um, there was an opening on the top of the cenote that the daylight would come through and would reflect into the water and it just made a really cool light feature in the inside of the cenote and I think a few of them are like that. Um, and the tour guide did tell us that the way they identify the cenotes is based on the way the light goes through the cenote and the trees that it kind of, kind of about the, um, when you're looking from the inside of the cenote up into the opening and the trees that you see, like that's how they identify which cenote is which, which I was like, wow, that's really cool. Um, and this was also, you could tell like it was a little town or a little village at one point, because there was like, 
um, you know, buildings and huts, and I don't know how long ago people lived in there, but, um, but yeah, so this was another, like, little area, town, village. Yeah, so we got the life vest for Samula. Uh, had a good time, swam around there. That's one of the ones where they have the light coming through, and it's, like, on the water itself, so we were able to get uh, our picture of just, like, the light shining through. Wasn't the one where you, like, stand on a platform, but you're, like, swimming, and uh, you can still see it there. Uh, so that worked out to be pretty interesting. Yeah, because there's another one, another cenote nearby that has, like, this platform that you kind of walk out on into the middle of the cenote, and then the light beam goes through. I know super popular Instagram posts, kind of, um, but we didn't head to that one. We went to, to this one instead. Yeah, yeah, to get more bang for a buck to go to two. So yeah. we enjoyed that one, and then we dropped off our life vest, and then went to uh, the Eshkakan one. Um, so we wanted to just get a, a, a tour of it, or a feel of it, before we paid for a second uh, life vest. Uh, so what did you think about the second Yeah, one? and also the water was really cold in these cenotes because there's not much light coming through. So we're like, ah, I was like, I don't know if I really want to go into cold water again. Um, and they're not very fun. Or I wasn't sure if the second one, if Eshkakan was going to be more of an adventurous one where you could kind of jump in, or if it was similar to Samula where it's just kind of you go in and you swim around. So we walked over to that one first and we went in and um, I guess there was a storm that came recently so a lot of the water was risen but this one looked really cool because it looked like you would be able to kind of walk around the when you're inside the cave walk around like the perimeter of the water but at the time that we went the water levels were really high so we weren't able to do that. Um, but we did check it out. It looked, you know, it looked beautiful again. Um, this, this one, this cenote had, uh, all those little fish that eat like the, the dead skin off you. And so I stood, I just put my feet in it. I didn't have to wear a life vest for that. Thank goodness. But it is put my feet in it and I let the, the fish kind of like come up to my legs and, and it was, you know, it was ticklish, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's a thing. And there were some more like catfish in that one. There were catfish, I think in both. Um, so we decided not to, you know, not to dive into that one because the water was really cold. Um, and I think um, we were just, yeah, we were kind of done looking at them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we got, you know, we were able to go to three different ones, uh, you know, dive into one. It was very similar. This uh, Eshkikan one was very similar to the Samula one where it's just kind of like chill or whatever. But also seemed like a lot darker and a lot like uh, smaller. So it wasn't really, uh, we didn't really spend too much time um, going around it. We just wanted to peek check it out while we were there yeah for sure um and then yeah and then it was time to head back to the city and so this was a, a fun little part of our journey because we um we took the colectivos to get there um and again this was during the week so i'm sure on the weekends there might be some more colectivos or taxis or whatever but we were trying to get get back into town and so uh there was one colectivo van with like nobody else around and so we went over to find out uh, how much that was. And it was a hundred and, he told me it was 120 pesos. The colectivo van that we took from the city to the cenotes was a hundred. So I was like, oh, well, the one that we took to get here was a hundred pesos. Like, can we pay a hundred? He's like, oh, no, no, I, it, it's a, I, I'm supposed to charge you 150, but I'm already, you know, making it less for you. So it's 120. And so I was like, okay, well, let me see what I can do because I knew we had change, but I don't think, like, I think we had 100 pesos, not like, and then we had like a bigger bill, like 500 or something. So I knew we needed to find change. So I go back to the entrance of the cenotes to see if they can give me change. They couldn't because they needed their smaller bills. And um, so I'm like asking around people for change, like nobody had change. And then finally, I saw some of the people that uh, were in the, in the cenote with us, like 
going to their cars to leave. And so I head over to, no, not ask them for a ride, although although I was very tempted to. <laughs> we really thought they were going to offer it to us. Yeah, um, but we, I went and said, hey, do you have change? And so they ended up having some pesos and change. And um, as I gathered that and was heading back towards the colectivo, the bus uh, or the van driver was like, hey, come on over. He was kind of like waving us down and basically was like, hey, I'll give it to you for 100. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> so... Um, so got in the van, went back uh, to the uh, to Valladolid, and um, we weren't really sure where he was going to drop us off at because it was a different. We could tell it was a different um, company than the than the colectivos that brought us there. And he and made so, a turn that was definitely a different route than every time we went out of town before. Yeah. So um, so it looked like he was kind of going towards the center of town, but we just weren't really sure where. And then as we were passing by different things, we saw like a restaurant that we hadn't gone to. So I was like, wait, wait, just, you know, let us, let us down here. And so he pulled off to the side and let us down or let us off the, the van. But, um, but yeah, and then, then I guess, I mean, this is a, a great, uh, transition into the food that we ate yeah. while we were yeah. in, uh, in Valladolid. So at this one restaurant, um, uh, we did get, uh, so what do we do? We got like some, is this, I know that we got these like little vegetarian situations. Yeah. So this was, oh, so also this restaurant, this restaurant definitely looked like it was like the front house, the front part of somebody's house. So it's like, right. I think their house in the back and then they made the front part restaurant, um, which was cool. But yeah, we ordered some food and we had to find like vegetarian options, which there aren't very many vegetarian options in Mexico, um, or at least in Valladolid. Um, but this one, they, um, they made it in a way, think of like a potato ball, I guess. Yep. Um, but they usually make it out of like beef and pork. And so instead of doing that, they did it for us out of like grains and probably like platano or something like that. Um, but what was really funny was the owner of the restaurant, like yeah. after when we first sat down to order, he wasn't there. Um, but like as we're eating our meal and, and stuff, he comes in and, uh, and he, he's talking to us, like telling us about his restaurant, telling us about the city. Um, and then he's like, oh man, those things that you're eating, they're so awesome. And he mentions like the meat version of it. And so I'm like sitting there like, uh, wait, did we get the meat version? I thought these were vegetarian. Like, I don't know what's going on. So he shares some more stuff and then he walks away. And then I could see, I guess maybe his son who took our order, like go to him and say, hey, like, no, they didn't have the meat version. They had the vegetarian version. So he comes back over. He's like, guys, I'm so, so sorry. Like, no, like you have the vegetarian uh, version. Like we, ha you know, we have so many options for, for vegetarians because when the French come here, they, they don't like to eat meat. And so we, he just goes down this whole rabbit trail. Um, he was definitely a character, very fun. Um, yeah, and this guy, yeah. <laughs> this old man, obviously like the grandfather of this old family, he pulls up in this like really old blue van. Uh, he steps out. This old guy. He's got like this big what gold chain yeah. on. <laughs> gold chain. He's yeah. like you know, kind of just uh, working the whole room. Like he's got the biggest personality. I forgot the the main word for it here, but yeah, um, like gregarious. I think is a good word. Uh, yeah. So he was super totally a character. So mm -hmm. the food was really good, but mm -hmm. this guy's presence. Uh, really took it to the next level. And I think they just want to make sure you're having a good time yeah. because we were there for a while and it was like in the afternoon and like no one else was there before yeah. us and no one was really lining up after us. But yeah, the food was really good there and um, it was really cool to chat with the, um, I guess, the grandfather of, of the whole family. Yeah. 
And this was the spot where we asked for margaritas, and I'm pretty sure we did not get that. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, we're ordering margaritas. So we see, like, on the table, like, these big, like, fishbowl-type glasses. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But, yeah, we ordered two margaritas, and, um, you know, then all of a sudden, just randomly, we see, like, the... Uh, like one of the sons of the family kind of walk out and like we're like what's happening with these margaritas what's really happening you know like it was taking forever to get the drink like we had the food already and we're like why is it taking so long to get our drinks yeah and then the kid shows back up kind of trying to hide it but he's got like this huge bottle of Sprite uh, (laughs) kind of just goes immediately uh, speed walks to the kitchen and then as soon as he's there then we're able to get there and there wasn't really much else in it i'm pretty sure it was just like sprite with like some salt around the rim but yeah uh, sprite with like ice and uh salt around the rim so it was really funny but it's fine it was it was a fun experience yeah so it was a fun experience um you know it was nice to kind of have the whole place to ourselves uh definitely a restaurant we wouldn't have seen if we would have gone on the normal route that we went so Mm -hmm. we got very fortunate uh getting lost or going the wrong way a couple of times so Mm -hmm. Uh, we did enjoy that meal, but I mean, I think every day started off pretty good with the food because we yeah. got like these breakfast passes, which yeah. I don't remember getting, but apparently for the hotel, for the hotel. Yeah. So every morning, kind of the continental breakfast, if you will, or like the hotel breakfast, uh, they had us taken care of. Yeah. It was like a restaurant attached to the hotel. Um, so you could eat, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner there, but yeah, we got the breakfast and, um, it was definitely like a heavy breakfast every morning so I don't think we ate lunch till like almost three o'clock every day um so it was very filling and oh my goodness they had this fantastic papaya jam and we were on the hunt for it before we were leaving to see if we can find some to take us take to take back with us um Literally, my mouth is watering right now thinking of this papaya jam. It was so good. Yeah, and then they brought out, like, that fresh bread, like, you know, fresh out of the oven with, like, some butter on it. Yeah, yeah, and they had, like, proper meals. Like, they had this thing called enfolates or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, like, seemed like enchiladas, but with, like, other kind of things Mm -hmm. in it. And then they had, like, good egg options. There was just, like, so much good food. So we definitely, if breakfast is the most important meal of the day, we did it right uh, while we are at Bayou yeah um yeah and there was like a food court in near near the hotel so we kind of ate there a couple times had some tamales um definitely a lot of different options uh mexican food options that we had yeah earlier on uh kati wanted to order like basically two of everything and we ordered way too much food yeah i thought like i didn't think we were gonna get that much food because like the prices weren't that expensive so i'm thinking okay it's gonna be like one tamale or it's gonna be one this or one that so I'm like, okay, let's get a little bit of everything. And we ended up having so much food every single time. And towards the end of the trip, we I learned to order less. Also in that food court was a coffee shop that we ended up going to a couple times during our trip. Um, they had some iced coffee and regular coffee, but we stuck with the Frappuccinos. Mm-hmm. So I had like a chai one, you had a mocha one. Um, I think I had a Nutella one the second time. Very yummy. And then also had uh, dessert there one time, pineapple upside down cake. Um, so that was definitely one of our go-to coffee shops in that area. Yeah. Um, so they had the coffee shop, you know, they had the whole like food court, um, and then kind of back to, uh, the park area, they had these things, what were they called? Um, the Marquesitas. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, uh... There were a lot of different options in the park area. There were like little carts of food. Um, some were ice cream. Some were carts of just like pre-bag snacks. Some 
had carts of oh, corn on the cob, um, churros, so there's different, different little options on these little carts. Um, but the one that caught our attention was something called marquesitas. And so they were basically like a waffle cone that you press in like an iron um, machine, like kind of like you would make any waffles, mm -hmm. right? Um, but then you get to stuff it with uh, different options, um, like different fruits, different, um, I think plantains, bananas. Um, and so we ended up getting um, plant, or not plantains, we ended up getting bananas with um, Nutella yep. as an option, and uh, that was that was a really yummy dessert mm. that we had for sure. Yeah, another dessert that I really liked is from the ice cream shop where we got like a strawberry ice cream, and uh, it was just like full of flavor. It was basically like ice cream, like milk, or I guess maybe like um, you know, kind of like a, a milkshake kind of situation, but totally mm -hmm. delicious. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of good food, a lot of good desserts. Um, oh, and then there was that one restaurant too. Uh, I think it was the same day that we went to the uh, cenote in town, but we found a restaurant that um, had pizza because I think we were craving pizza at the mm -hmm. time. Um, and so it was very, it was a very trendy restaurant. It felt like um, they sat us upstairs. We had that whole spot to ourselves, and um, they were playing like Americanized house music. Um, but we did get this. Uh, Mexican style pizza, which was essentially like a flatbread, but they loaded that with yeah. a bunch of yummy things like corn, tomatoes, peppers. Um, we had leftover guac, so we put the guac on top of the pizza as well. Um, we had some local beers, or attempted to have some like local draft beers, which is not like I guess. Yeah, it's not I guess like a really thing, you know. It's like you want to take a break from tequila, but uh, local beers were not so bad. Yeah, um, but it was fun, and uh, oh, they had a TV that they were attempting to play a soccer game on, but it was kind of like fuzzed out and not really working. Um, but that was uh, that was a fun, uh, trendy, trying to be trendy, I guess, um, in in Valladolid restaurant. Yeah, so, I mean, overall, we had an amazing trip in Valladolid. Obviously, great food. We were able to see one of the seven wonders of the world in Chichen Itza. Uh, we got to experience uh, cenotes uh, for the first time. And uh, this was the most authentic uh, Mexican experience that we had on the whole trip. And yeah. definitely our favorite city. We had a really good time in Tulum, which will be, you know, next week's episode. But uh, really enjoyed our, our trip out to Valladolid and, and Chichen Itza. So, um, you know, we really had a good time and just, you know, thank you guys for, for listening to our podcast. Um, and you no know, new episodes will be out, uh, next week and each and every week on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple podcasts, and keep up with our daily content on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. This is Witty Travels. What, what could, could possibly, possibly be next? next?